You're listening to another episode of Our Journey with Melanie and Chris. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. The Avery's live coming to you over the phone to your ear. So <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, we are very jazzed. I keep saying that tonight, but it's true. Like I feel very jazzed about all the things that we've been doing. Recently, Chris and I have been, um, I'd say, investing more in each other. So, for example, we will watch something. We'll hang out at night. We'll watch a movie. But we'll stop and look at each other and talk. And we'll pause it and we'll talk about things. Maybe if there's a conflict on the movie, we'll stop and we'll go like, hey, what would you do in that situation? And I feel like we're connecting more and more. And that's opened up more and more opportunities when we're hanging out. That it's not just let's vegetate in front of the TV, but let's have more time together. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so what would you say? None of that. I don't know what you're even talking about. No, I'm joking. So I think the truth is it's just we're getting clearer and more certain on where we want to go and what it takes to get there. And it's okay to have the time to um, watch a movie and enjoy each other and relax. But the truth of the matter is when you're more certain than ever, you also have that going back into the subconscious part of your mind. So it's constantly working in the back going like, these are the goals. This is where we're headed. This is our determination. This is where, where we're certain we're going. And with that said, it's sometimes even when you're watching that movie to relax, something pops up or you're like, oh man, I should be do I, I should do this instead. Or I'm going to go do this instead. Or we should, let's discuss this because this movie's great, but maybe it's a movie we've seen before. Maybe it's a TV show we've seen before, or it can be paused or watched at a different time. But there is that more interaction. And, and as we discuss finances and life more, we totally get more excited about it. Like that's something we've committed to doing. Mm-hmm. We committed to discussing, looking at our accounts about once a week, roughly. And it's not like we are like every Sunday at 8 p.m. we have to do it. But about every week we sit down maybe a couple times it throughout the week. It kind of happens naturally. We just go, hey, here's, this here's an at. update. Like, yeah. look look at where our credit this, card is now. Cool. For sure. This is where we're at. This is where we're headed. Where do we put this money? We've been talking to a financial advisor named Cody Manning. Oh, he's um, phenomenal. Great guy. I've known him for a while. He's been a client for a while. But um, just grateful and appreciative of our certainty and where we're headed. And, you know, as we all get, as we all go through that decisions and we make those decisions in life, sometimes you have that light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you have that little fire that get that gets kicked on inside and you can cultivate it more and more when you discuss it. And as you continue to progress, because we all want to progress in life. And since we are certainly progressing where we want to be, it's exciting and it's a good time to just sit back and go like, what do we, what's the next choice? Like, where do we head? Like, do we, do we invest here? Where do we pay off the debt here? Um, and how do we go and where we want to go? It's really exciting. So uh, I've also been reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I just got to say real quick at the beginning of this very beginning of this podcast, maybe in the first 10 episodes, I talked about the situation where um, I told my family I'm not going back to college. <laughs> and to me, it seemed like a comedy show of each person came almost one after the other in line saying their reasons why I'm making a mistake um, or maybe just their opinion because they're all very educated people. They all have degrees. And so um, I'm reading Rich Dad. Oh, sorry. At that point, my dad said, hey, read this book. This is really good. And when I read it, I thought it was so funny when I was reading it because in there the whole time at that point, I was like, dad, I never told him this, but I thought to myself, dad, 
this book the whole time says college is a waste. Like, don't do college, invest in you, invest in other things and your assets. Like, going to college, having all this debt is not good. So at that time, my mind was really focused on it. And so that's what I got out of it, plus some other good things. And now that I'm reading it later, it hardly mentions that. In fact, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he is an educated man. Like he talks about his poor dad is his dad, his own biological father who went to college. He calls him his poor dad because he lives the rat race that if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's super easy to understand. And then his rich dad is another guy who invested his time and his education in a lot of other things to be more literate in like finances. So now that I'm reading it and we've been talking to our financial friend and advisor, I feel like I'm getting so much out of it that I am jazzed to the fingertips each time I read a chapter. Just like today I read a chapter and I came to Chris and went, I got to tell you about this. Hold on, let me read it. He says it better than me and then I would explain it. And it's it's really exciting to talk about it because we are making big movements and paying off things, not even just paying off debt, but also building wealth on top of that. Yeah, and I think that's the big factor is most people talk about paying off their debt. And that's great. And I, and I listened to this guy one time and he said, oh, so you want to be debt free? And he's like, so you just really want to get back to zero. And they're like – and the person's like, no, no, I want to – and he's like, exactly. So you want to have money. We don't want to just get debt free. That's not the goal to life. And so the, the key is to pay off the debt but also the key is to start to pay yourself the 10% plus, right, to pay – to start to take some of that money and funnel it into investments where you start to gain wealth because the goal is not to let, – oh, let's get all the debt paid off and then now we're at zero. Now we can start accumulating wealth. Let's start accumulating wealth while we start to pay off the debt. And we were talking about it too the other day that although – let's see. I don't remember how I said it. It's, it's a game where you have to have patience. So Long, as, long-term vision. The key, yeah, key is yeah. first have vision, right? Have a vision of where you want to go and then long-term vision with delayed gratification. 100%. So it's going to take longer because we're not putting every extra dollar towards paying off a credit card, for example. That would go very fast. But once again, like Chris said, we'd be at zero, but then we would still have other payments to make that would probably make it just it – would, we would just be in the cycle of – we have debt. We pay it off. We have debt. We pay it off. And, and the, let me just say this. One big thing about that is it's, it shifts the way your brain looks. So if, you're, if you are just a person that's just paying off debt, you are the person – you don't have the law of abundance on your side. You don't have the law of building wealth, right? The law of abundance is I got enough money to do both. And so the, when your brain starts to shift because you are building wealth and paying off debt. Because they go hand coincide, they've done studies where people are like, I'm just going to pay off all my debt and they actually come back a year later and they're in more debt. They still have no wealth build up. So the key is to do those both at the same time because you get in that law of abundance mindset. Yes. Thank you for saying that. It's super duper true. And when and in this in this book, in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he talks a lot about become financially literate. When you understand your taxes more, when you have a business and understand the money more, you're going to do a lot better. Like I just because I I've always said I don't care about taxes. I've always said I will always have enough money to pay someone to care about all the taxes for me. And now I'm getting more interested in how to do taxes so that it can benefit me the more and benefit our businesses and our home and our family so that we don't have to give the government every single penny and the shirt off our back because that's not something we really care to do. So um I think the key it's is exciting, and and I think you covered this. I think last week when we were talking about rich dad, poor dad. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, we should all pay our taxes, right? Because we want to fund certain things. The truth of the matter is, though, is what happens is the wealth 
because the tax laws are written a certain way, the wealth have a lot of like loopholes and, and not that any, anybody can obtain the loopholes. It's just the wealth understand them. They know how to use them. They have the right people to help them. And so they're able to invest their money in real estate or in anything that like helps them either pay a lower tax because capital gains tax is far lower than income tax, depending on which level you're at. Like, but when you're rich, your income tax is far greater of a tax than it is for a capital gains tax. So you want to get paid through capital gains without getting way too in the weeds. Everybody can do their own research. <laughs> The truth of the matter is... When if you're you, like me, a lot of that just went over your head. Totally fine. Yeah, it, it takes time to understand it. We'll discuss it later. We'll do another podcast while I'm explaining. <laughs> uh, but anyways, the truth of the matter is, it's like it said in Rich Dad Poor Dad, the trouble is that if we are the middle class and we're sitting here or we're the lower middle class, we're paying the brunt of those taxes and it becomes this burdensome thing on us that allows us to never get out of this rat race, as Melanie said earlier. It keeps us locked in and that's the challenge. And so to be honest, that's the reason you want to understand it better is because then you start to understand how to use your money to to still pay taxes, but to provide you, to buy, to create jobs for others. And then it starts to create this manifestation of abundance and understanding that we are no longer in this thing where the tax system's so messed up, it gets the people in the middle class that now has to pay for the poor and other people because the middle class is so burdensome with taxes. Yes. Do you have anything else to say on taxes? Because I want to switch it up. Oh, I mean, I have a ton, but I'm saying it's not going to be on this podcast, nor okay. will it be today. <laughs> so what I want to talk about is, and once again, in this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I was reading a part where he is talking about failures and successes or failures and Sorry, losers and winners, failures and winning, whatever. Failures and success. Yeah, yeah. And so he said there's people who are man, how did I how did I just word it? There's people who are going to lose money and feel like a failure or be a failure, and there's winners who are gonna lose money and feel still like a winner. And then I thought to myself, Oh, I wonder if I wonder what that'll look like for us in the future. I've never lost money. But then I brought that up to Chris and he goes, Well, think about think of like the investments that we've made that didn't go as we planned. Is that kind of yeah, investment, investments in business is what it is. Yeah. And so like you, you, we had an event and we, we ended up spending way more money. Like we thought like, Oh, this will work out. Then of course, if you're in event business, you know, sometimes you have people that say they're going to be there and they don't show up. Cause they, you know, their squirrel had a hangnail that, you know, they had to, you know, nurse back to health and they couldn't make it to the event for whatever excuse. <laughs> and I was so heartbroken about that event. For real, you rode that hard. I, I remember like the second it ended when we were about to drive away, I was just sitting in my car crying because I felt like that was such a fail. Like I even feel emotional talking about it because it was so bad at the time. And it took a while for me to actually understand. And once I was more educated on the lessons of having a business is that that wasn't a big deal. That was not going to make us bankrupt. That was not going to kill Chris Avery coaching and everything that like the years and years and resources that you've done to to like train yourself to be who you are and to teach what you do. I just took it as such a cut in a, I, I don't know. I took it in a very personal way. I hated it. And the truth is that it made us stronger, right? You don't get, you don't get stronger. First of all, you don't ever get strong. You only get stronger or weaker. So you don't get stronger without any adversity. It was adversity. We learned a lot. I think we also learned that we did not do our due diligence on the pricing on some of the stuff mm -hmm. and that kicked us in the butt and that's okay because the truth is what in Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks about the difference between like the failures and successes and we were talking about, we've had some family conversation with some people and to me, 
most people are not trying to succeed. They're just trying to not fail. And therefore, they don't, it, it prevents them from taking mm-hmm. risk. And if anybody that wants to succeed, you better get out there and take the risk and you're going to have failures. Because in a sense, you may even have more failures than you have successes. The truth of the matter is most people that are truly successful, they failed more like, uh, let's just say they started 10 businesses. They'll fail out of nine of the 10 businesses, but they're just trying to get to that 10th business that actually connects and, and like they sync up with and they go like, this is the winner. This is the winner that I ride until it doesn't, I can't ride it anymore. But the, the, the first event isn't the thing that makes us win in business. It's doing things over and over and over until we find what connects. And, and, and in a sense, you find out who you are as a business owner, right? You can try to be like other people. You can do like, oh, somebody else did this. I'll do this so it all succeed. But you got to find out who you are. And that's what actually makes you win. This reminds me of the story of Colonel Sanders. Go for it. He was 66, he lost his job, or maybe he lost his business, so and he was living just, off of... Can I just say it real quick? Oh. Let me just set the stage. So Fine. Okay, so he's 66, he owns his own place that is a mechanic shop slash fried chicken place. And so what happens is... Which, of course, those two go hand in hand. Nothing odd about that. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so the, the highway gets moved away. So the highway used to, the major highway used to run right by his shop. And so he had a decent, like, you know, a decent little business. And then they moved the freeway and then he went, right, retirement 66, like, what do I do? He gets that first social security check and goes. So he has his social security checks, realizes this is not enough, but I have really good chicken, fried chicken recipe. So he started going around at the age of 66 when most people are starting to just sit at home and truly retire. Puts it in the back of his trunk, right? Like in the back of his car, starts driving around. And he talked to 1,009 people, 1,009 meetings, 1,009 presentations, 1,009 recipes getting him nowhere other than people just enjoying chicken and saying no to get one yes. And now we know KFC, which is, I I believe it's global because I was on my mission in the Czech Republic and there was one there, which by the way, it was a little bit different. I don't know if it's like the flower there, but it it was not as good. So if you go to Europe, don't go to KFC. It's a bust. Anyway, but it took him... What were we talking about? Just we were took him like a thousand and nine, a thousand and nine failed failure meetings, traveling, everything, all the expenses on top of that fail to get one yes, and now it's global, and now everyone knows KFC, everyone knows Colonel Sanders, everyone. I mean, that's the truth, right? It is he he didn't want to he wanted to succeed. He wasn't afraid of failing, clearly, because if he was afraid of failing, he would have given up after the first nine or ten people. Mm-hmm. He fe- he was wanted to succeed. And he knew that he was he gonna playing have, the game of success. Yeah. And he knew that he was gonna have to fail a lot to succeed. And that's the truth of the matter, is that's how you succeed. And that's the reason I know and I'm certain that we will continue to succeed and have more and more success because we will go through the failures because the adversity is what makes you stronger. It's what helps. It's what, man, you don't get a diamond without pressure. And if we are, want to become the diamond in our own life and we want to find who we truly are in our life, we do not do that without adversity and pressure and repeated adversity and pressure. And it, in sometimes people, you look at somebody on the outside and you go like, man, that person's winning. That person is kicking butt. Like they're doing amazing. And you get to talk to them and you go like, what would you be doing with your life? Like if you had abundance of money, what would you do? And they're like, oh, I'd be totally doing this different thing. I'd be doing this other thing, man. This is my dream. This is where I really, I'm so excited about this. And and then you ask them like, how often are you doing that? And they say, never. 
Because mm-hmm. I got this really good job, man. I look shiny on the outside. I got this nice house, nice car, got a good family. And all that's great. I think that's part of success. But the truth of the matter is that person's going in every day to that job, not really doing what they want because they're just trying not to fail. They're trying not to fail. And so therefore, they will not have their true, true dream of success of whatever that looks like for them of going and doing that thing that they really are passionate and want to do and love to do. And that's really sad to me. And that's why I think Chris is a breath of fresh air because I sometimes would hear someone answering that question of if you had a ton of money, what would you do? And they say something they're doing different. And I go, oh, cool. Good imagination. Yeah, that would be fun. And that's, I think, what most people would just take that conversation as. And then Chris will turn around and go, really think about that. They're not doing what they truly want to do and they would feel fulfilled doing. And I, I don't think about those perspectives. This is what I say when I love Chris Avery coaching. I don't just love Chris because he's my husband and I chose him as my lover, but because, <laughs> but because he has an incredible perspective, an incredible mind that really shifts how you live your life. And can I, and I just want to, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And I just want to go back because I think this all ties around one thing you started talking about in the beginning, which you said that you got this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad from your dad after you went to like a lunch dinner thing with your family and you pretty much laid on the table like, hey, I'm not going to continue with school. And they were all very concerned about that. And I like, I would probably too that. if our kids yeah. were like, I'm going to quit this and I think it's good for them. I'd be like, uh. <laughs> Completely understand. When we talked about that though, after, I said, I don't, to be honest, I don't care what you do. Like if going to school and getting your degree is like your fulfillment and like that satisfies you and that's what you really need and that's what your like soul quenches for, like to be thirst, like your soul's thirsty and that's how it quenches its thirst, then go to school. But on the other hand, if you are going to school and it's not quenching your thirst, you're the same, you're, you're, what you're doing is just trying not to fail. You're not succeeding. And if going to do your business of creating events is actually your success and you like being the successful person, then you need to do that, not go to school. And I think, I just think that all like tied around, tied yeah. like a nice bow around because that was all a circle from the beginning of what you started with to now. Yes. Anything else on that? Because I definitely have another subject that's no, go equally as important. Yeah, we, bought, we bought a Christmas tree last night. <laughs> and that's how you succeed. You buy a real Christmas tree. None of those fake Christmas trees. No, it's true. We, we've always been for team real Christmas tree. <laughs> we are all about that. <laughs> and once we set it up last night, actually, we, we did go to a Christmas tree lot, and then it, was a, it wasn't good. And then we decided to look online for I, – I have personally never cut down a tree out in the woods and – you know, Christmas vacation. I used to do it all the time with my dad. Like it was one of my favorite memories of the holidays is going up. And I mean, I I have a lot of favorite memories, but it was just a a beautiful memory of driving up with my dad, you know, all day, a couple hours from the city out into the, you know, pine trees and going out there and us bringing, you know, saws and axes and chopping down a tree and bringing it home. And it was, it's always been a fun, fun, fond memory. And it's something I want to carry on with my wife and my kids so so perhaps next year because we ended up going to the home depot so blessings for the home we depot. did look it up though and we just oh, we decided yeah. just this year not so much but we but will, next year but we have plans to do it yeah however back to home depot 
we're very grateful. They had a lot. They great, had a great selection. Great it was yeah. great pricing. We, since being married, our first year together dating, we were we were just dating. We we're both in Phoenix still, so we didn't buy a tree. Our second year, we were dating, and we went back home. So the first I forget our first year when we were living in Utah, and yeah, then we so went home. We, we were freshly dating, and you moved, and like. So we were still both in our own separate houses. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We were dating then, for a then month. Then the next year, we were still dating. We got engaged. We came back to Phoenix. That was when we came back for oh, we, engagement. That's right. We got engaged. By the way, coming up December 21st, think about us. If you're <laughs> at Shara Park in uh, Orem City in Utah, just walk around there and go, Aw, Melanie and Chris. Chris proposed here. It was so cute. Yeah, again, so no Christmas tree that year. Anyway, back to Christmas tree. Yep. But the last two actually being married, we bought our own Christmas tree and it was maybe three feet tall. It was yeah, so two and a half, three feet. Yeah, like, like so I could cute. hold it up with one arm. We threw it in the back of the car. And then the next year we did the same thing because it was such a fun, cute little tree. It was even smaller than the first one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now this year we feel so, I don't know if you're as jacked about it as I am, but we have a big tree. It's taller than it's me. It's about six feet tall, probably. Yeah, Five and a half, so six cute. feet tall. Yeah. So I feel like an adult. So we set it up last night. I put all the. Great, great looking tree. Like great and full. Very nice. You know. It's quality. a noble fir. Yeah, noble fir. So I put all the lights on it last night and then we both put the ornaments on and I just kept looking at it last night, smiling and we were watching a movie going, I feel like such an adult. It smells great. Looks great. Yeah. It's nice and full. Beautiful. Um, I'd say the only other highlight that we have missed is, um, the last podcast that we recorded together, I believe was the 50. So I want to ask you a question. Um, what have you continued to apply and what you learned from running the 50 that you're still doing today? Uh, running still sucks. That's one thing I'm applying. (laughs) Uh, so I think the truth of the matter is I apply a few things that the habit creation of becoming a runner is still in full effect, right? Still got to be tenacious about it. It's much easier for me to still take a day off than it is to go running. Like, I don't, not Especially getting... when it's nipply outside, yeah. and it's freezing. Yeah, when it's like already freezing outside. But I think that's the, tr- the truth of the matter is, and I don't know if we discuss it here tonight, but one thing we've also realized is it's not about doing the 50, like the one, like you, Les Brown says, People say, I used to be this, I used to be that. And he says, used to bees don't make no honey. So we can talk about the 50, which is great. It's a great story. It was really fun. It's a good challenge. We'll do it again. On the other hand, where are we headed? Right? And so to me, if you don't have, you want to have good goals, but it's really about becoming something more than you are. So goals are great because they give you a target to shoot for. But really, it's about understanding what you need to do to become something because that's what is like a lifetime change and it really a life-changing event for who you – because you become something more. Mm-hmm. A goal is something you just get and you give up on. So to me, it's resetting the goals and resetting the initiative of like where are our targets for 2021 and how do we continue to get stronger. And part of that's still continuing to run. Part of that's doing something called the warrior workout that we do now. Um Part of that will be the 90 days straight of 20, 000, over 20,000 push-ups, pull-ups combined. So that's where we're headed. Do you want to talk about those events coming up? Uh, let's, that's, that's an intrigue enough for okay. now. But at the more beginning of this next year, so in a few weeks, we're going to talk about the details of what Thawing is Thawing love. Come on. Let's thaw out our love together. Thawing love. Now thaw we'll, out the we'll love for yourself. That. Thaw out the love for, you know, just come and thaw. We'll just let that settle in your mind for a bit until you come back for more. <laughs> Okay, love it. So thanks again for listening. We love doing this podcast together. It's kind of a nice accountability for us to share our story and share what's going on in the background of having two businesses, what that looks like, how it's going. Um, The Party Club is killing it. So listen to that. 
whoop, whoop, listen to that podcast as well. It's the Party Collab podcast. Um, we have a lot of fun over there. Sarah and I sometimes just, we just laugh and get so lit up because we're doing the business that we're doing. So, And we truly hope we give you a smile, a laugh, and hopefully some good insight or something you go like, Mm, that reinforces something I believe or something that goes like, man, I didn't even know that that's something new I want to take or that challenges my belief so I can, you know, find out what I truly believe. Um, so grateful, appreciative for you guys, for you guys, gals, and all the people listening. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.